this morning based on Psalm 100. I wanted to look at the attitude of gratitude and just talk about one key little thing in there about thankfulness, about prayer and about service and serving God. But before we get too far in, because when a person doesn't have gratitude, something is missing in his or her humanity. A person can almost be defined by his or her attitude towards gratitude. That gentleman who wrote that is actually a uh, Jewish Holocaust survivor, someone who probably knows a little bit about being thankful, about life and the, and the freedom that life's actually given. But before I go too far, probably what I wanted to jump into is just make sure when we talk about attitude and gratitude, to make sure we have the right definitions because often we have our own understanding So I thought, let's just come back and make sure we're on the same thing. So attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something. So that can be our posture. Sometimes when we're upset or sad, we can carry ourselves down. But when we're happy, cheerful, bright, we'll stand stronger, we'll stand firmer. That's our posture. That's the way we carry ourselves. The bearing, the way we stand, our our slant. Also when it comes to words, it can be our perspective. How we've been trained, how we've been thinking helps to define who we are and our approach to things. So that all helps towards attitude. Now, attitudes can be good. Attitudes can be bad. But it's trying to find that right one for God in you. And it's trying to develop one that's not reactive to situations but responsive to the word of God and your spirit within you that God's got there for you. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful. It's a readiness to show appreciation for and kindness. It's about partly about you, partly about how you interact with others. And, but it mainly talks about honour and praise and how you engage with that. So having a thankful spirit, a thankful nature is part of that. You see... Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% the way you react to it. So it's developing how do you respond in that thankful nature, in that positive aspect, in the way God has intended for you. Psalm 100 is one of the only psalms that's actually headed as the psalm of thankfulness. It applies so much with where David was with his people at the time but also so much with where we are today and our life. Let's just read it again so as we look at it. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is to all generations. Not to one, not to another, but to all. And that I think sums up, like I said, where David was and King David was at the time, but also where we are today. 
do we make a joyful noise? Do we come in and go? How many of us this morning woke up and just went, I'm get to go to church today and just went, yeehaw, I'm there. How many woke up and went, church is today. I've got to go. I really need to be there. That's our attitude. And it's working with that to have thankfulness as we serve the Lord, as we know he is good. Often in society, we're faced with lots of things going on. Our news, it just tells us another death, another bit of terror. It just gives us bad news. It's that bad news after bad news that often the world is confronted with. And it's challenging because we've got a world that isn't defined by the same way we're defined. It's defined differently to what we are because, well, we're spirit beings in God, not the world. And so we should be able to keep ourselves separate and know what it is that is that. But we need to then, because the news agencies, they know news sells. That's what their psyche is towards. They even know that bad news sells better than good news. That's why they like putting bad headlines in because it sells more new copies of newspaper than positive ones. But in ourselves, we need to, as people of God, children of the King, need to start changing the way and find ways to have positive news being reflected through. What are ways that we can always show God's hand on things? how things aren't always down, but even through a crazy situation, God is at work. And through ICC, we see so many times where uh, China's been in the news a lot for us of late, but we're seeing God's hand at work through his people, even through the legislation that they're doing over there, we're seeing some open doors for what ICC is doing. There's a lot of negative news, but we're seeing that God's got us there. God's opening some doors. Some that we've had to change our way a little bit, but God's got some amazing things happening in China for Christians. But it's looking at ways, yes, there's churches closing down, yes, there's other things, but it's finding some ways around that to talk positively and see the good things that are happening. Okay, so that was, so that's happening. What actually happens in, in general from marketing perspective? I'm a finance marketing person in my background. I actually started as my accounting degree. I'm also a high school teacher. So I did a little bit of research on things. One of the things that came up through some of the study was when something bad happens to you, you know, you go to a restaurant and get bad service or you get a bad meal or you get your car serviced and they didn't do something right, we often tell over 11 people, but when we go to a restaurant and something, you get a good meal, you get some good service, that that place didn't just service my car, but they cleaned it for me. They went over and above. Do you know how many people we actually tell? Any guess? Three to four. Bad news, we tell 11. In our own way, we often only tell three to four people about the good things that are happening. What I'm challenging with about the attitude of gratitude is swapping those two numbers around. When bad things happen, tell three to four people. When something good happens, tell 11. Share the good news. And part of that good news is the gospel. 
and what God is doing in us and through us and through us all, even, in, even for you. So have a look at that. From a New Testament perspective, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Is there a solid connection between Psalm 100 and this verse? There's a lot there about being joyful, making a joyful noise, about praying and serving, being thankful in everything that's going on. I know sometimes... I'm you know, that teacher in me. I couldn't always give everybody an A. Some of them I had to give a D. I still had to sit there and actually sit with the, And every time I wrote a report card, I wasn't allowed to make negative comments. Your child did this bad, your child did that bad. I actually had to say everything positively. That your child, yeah, even though they, they did all this really well and it's like, Sometimes it's challenging to find your child is disruptive and stopping the whole class learning. How do I say that in a positive way? So you've got to find some ways and it's about being thankful in all of that that you realise and beyond that you start looking for people's strengths. What are they good at? What are the things? Because highlighting someone's strength or something they're good at or something they appreciate boosts them. Because often they're hearing all of this negative stuff because you, 11 people are telling them all this bad stuff. Be one of those people telling some people some good stuff to build them up, to encourage them, to get them going on. I remember I was at one school teaching and I was only there for one term, filling in. A couple of the students who were in grade 8 at the time, they weren't going to church anywhere, they weren't going anywhere. I was just me challenged them to, do, to change their behaviour on a few things. 18 months later, 12, 12 months, 18 months later, I find that they're actually going to the Christian group at the school just to find out they've changed their friend's circles. They realised they were, it's not all about me, but it's, it's a part of one waters, one grows and someone else reaps the harvest. But it's knowing that you can water into someone but seeing someone else do that. Now that lady and her husband are youth pastors and going on for God leading others to Christ. And it's not leaving someone where they're at, just helping pick them up, helping encourage your friends around you at school or at university and see the difference. So my challenge is, I suppose, is how do we live with thankfulness? And so I've got three parts to do with that and they're based around those verses is to live with thanksgiving, we need truth to support it. So what are some truths? So in verse 3 and 5, there's some truths there that when you look at that, that talk about, about that area. We'll get to those in a minute. Another one is that we need feelings to spare it. We need something to help us, encourage us, to build us up. And then we also need action. Nothing's worthwhile, nothing happens unless we do something about it. What's the action? And in that verse... In that, sorry, chapter, verse 3 to 5 talk about the truth. Verse 4 talks about some feelings. Verses 1 and 2 talk about some of the actions we need to complete. And today I want to work our way through a couple of those things in the next 10 minutes and just keep it fairly short for you. This whole topic, 
you could go on for months. I'm trying to just give you a quick overview and just do that. So to live with Thanksgiving, we need truth to support it. One of the key areas around all that is the first word in verse 3. Who's got that verse 3 there? What's the first word? No. So we need to know. It, that word no indicates certainty. It indicates an absolute steadfast knowledge that this is it and that you've got that understanding, you've got that concept built in, that it's to know that the Lord, he is good, that he who made us, that we are his people, we are his and we are his people, and we're the sheep of his pasture. But that's all framed around the word know. It means that we know we are children of the king, that we are in his kingdom, we are made of his. So it's almost like a prerequisite to know that he's there. So in verse 3 it talks about us. That's not an accident. That's a divine intention. He made us. We are his. We are made by God designed for his image. King David in Psalm 139 when he says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. It talks about he created us. He knew you from the beginning. He knows you now. Humanity, world wants to tell us that we're just a bunch of cells clustered together. But I want to tell you that you're divinely made from God. He knows you, every hair on your head, and he sets you apart for such a time as this. He's knitted us with attention to detail. We're not just a little accident. We're created by God. That you're you were there before the formation of that, that you have significance. You're not just a random part, but you have significance to play in this world. That we are his people. He not only made us, but he wants us. We've done enough sinning to be eternally separated from God, but he still calls us his. He wants us. He wants you to be in his kingdom with thankfulness, with service in mind. You see, Jesus left his home in heaven to come down to earth. He showed no greater love than doing that. He accomplished the work of salvation because his heart beat for his people. Uh, The Bible says we are the apple of his eye. The second part, it says, to live with thanksgiving, we need to feel it and to spur it on. Part of that is to enter his courts. Enter. That means physical movement. That means some sort of response to actually come in the door, to get up in the morning, to do stuff. Every day, what are you doing to enter into his presence at your home? To actually set a time aside to to, to do that. Part of that is to give thanks. Recognising him. Part of that is to bless his name and honour him in it all. The degree to which you see the truth of the gospel is the degree to which feelings of thankfulness will rise in your heart. When we see how loved we really are, how utterly saved and redeemed we really are, that's how great God's love and care for us really is. Feelings of thanksgiving well up and spur us on. 
It's about being in his presence daily. It's knowing those little God moments in our life. That whether it be at work, at school, at uni, at home, it's allowing God to have the God moments, to sow seeds and words or affirmations into other people and into yourself. Recognise where God is journeying and journeying through you. So the third part was some actions. We need some actions to complete this. You know, you talked about making a joyful noise. If it's anything like me, at my church, I'm not allowed there with a microphone to sing because with this voice, myself and our worship director have this common friendship. We're good friends. But, but I'm, I'm not allowed near a microphone when singing. Uh, they prefer me outside the building, I think, with my singing. It's, it's that. I, I moved seats last week. Uh, I've normally got a dedicated seat because of my position with my church. And our senior pastor asked us to shift so as they can reuse that part of the church. And, and well, some other people found out about my singing. I'm not sure whether I won some friends or, or not. It's not about the quality of the singing. It's not about the quality of the noise. It says make a joyful noise. I make a joyful noise. They know I do. My wife, she is on the worship team. So she leans over sometimes and says, Stop. She'll occasionally tell me I did hit a correct note, usually at the wrong time in the song, that I can't keep a tune. But I know that if I was focusing around that pureness of getting it all right, this mouth would stay closed the whole service, especially during praise and worship. I walk around home sometimes and I'm singing something. My wife just goes, put some music on. But it's not about the quality. She sees my heart through that and knows that if I'm making a funny noise, it's probably because I'm spending some time with God just doing what I'm doing. So this morning I was actually sitting, she was, I was sitting out in my backyard on my back deck just having a nice quiet time before I came with my two dogs, which usually meant they're trying to lick me to death. So trying to have a quiet time with the dogs doesn't always work. But you can recognise even in that that they've got affection, that they've got a love and a clarity that wants to see through. And you're giving them back to, that back to them and people around it. Seeing the galahs at six o'clock sing their little song, that's probably where I got my singing voice from, that, that crazy noise. But seeing God at work in nature, seeing God at work even in the workplace, I remember there's times teaching or in other places where I've been at work and God's given me, dropped into my spirit, a phrase or a, like a word of knowledge, unlocked something in that other person's life. That I had kids that I didn't know how to explain something but during that class it's like something popped in here that I just verbalised. As it was being said, I'm hearing what God was dropping in going, where did that come from? And just afterwards could go, thank you, God. It's allowing yourself to be attuned to his spirit 
so as you can go about your every day and work with that and encourage your workmates then to pray, not just pray for them, but encourage them and see some other things. So why have an attitude of gratitude? Why be thankful? Well, there's the spiritual elements to it all where it talks about entering his courts, getting closer to God, to serve him, to come. There's another little part to that which impacts all of us because we're spirit beings with a soul and a body. So if we're on one side as a spirit being entering into his courts, entering into God, that builds our spirit, that builds our stuff. It's going to reflect in our physical body. How does that reflect? Well, science has told us that people with a thankful heart actually eat better, eat healthier. They cope with stress better. They have deeper friendships. They have increased productivity at work or at school. They do scary things like they exercise more regularly. But they also can solve deeper mental challenges better. They actually enjoy work and perform better in their job. So what I'm doing is tying some things that happen in our everyday life with our life with God and realising how the two can be connected. Because it's easy for me in my role as the International Operations Director to see a lot of things going wrong and the things I need to fix and I need to do some time. But I also need to spend time and recognise in amongst all of that what God is doing and the doors and the things God is opening and spend some time recognising all of that. Because one of the other aspects is gratitude is the most exquisite form of courtesy. Who likes to be courteous? We like to be polite. We like to do that. Gratitude helps show that. It reflects us in us. So from here, we talked about some actions. I might look at what those actions can be as I conclude. One could be as simple as where you have your devotion time and you spend some time just getting into the word, praying and doing that. Set up a second time, maybe at the end of the day, as a gratitude time and stop and ask the questions, what went well today? What did I achieve? What made me thankful today? My wife actually has a little book that she fills in and actually has five or six prompt questions in that book and she can stop and just write that down. I've got something else similar that we both bought from two different locations. I bought it for something else as a, like a cleaning journal but it actually asks exactly the same questions. So spend some time to actually go and set up a gratitude journal. In that gratitude, what I've seen some friends of mine do, especially with their kids, if you've got some kids, is they have a big jar sitting on their bench, like a big cookie jar. Beside it they have little, a bit bigger than business cards, but little quarter cards or pieces of paper. Every day they stop and write down what they're thankful for. What was the good thing about the day? And they put it in the jar. On New Year's Eve, they sit and open the jar and sit there and reflect on the whole year and the things that have gone well because it's often we reflect on the bad things. We don't always reflect on the good things. We reflect on the, that didn't go well. 
And so this is a way to positively reflect on the good things that have gone on in your day, your week, your year. So in some cases when something bad's gone, you can actually stop and look at some good things. Another is we're often hard on ourselves. You can hear me talking, but up here we're often talking more within ourselves, and our self-talk is often, can be negative. So be grateful for yourself. Start building yourself up and to go, no, no, you're doing some things right. You're doing some good stuff. The third part is just honour God. Come into his presence. One of the things, I drive about 40 minutes, 45 minutes to work every day, to and from work. So on my way to work, I'm often got Spotify on with a worship album. And so I'm just using that as part of my time that's wasted time almost. But I hear, it's what do you do? Do I just put the radio on and listen to to something and talk about, or do I actually make that quality time? And so I put the radio on. So I put some music, some, some Christian worship on. Other times I put some other Christian books on, so as I have audio books, so as I can just build myself up and use my drive time for good. And so find some ways in your own schedule to factor in some God time and ways to honour him. One of those ways to honour God is to serve him. Now, on this one, I was praying for you guys this week and this church and today. One of the aspects I felt is that some of you, and I was interested when you said about serving and, and greetings and all that because I used to head that team up with the church I was on, is I believe God's challenging you, some of you, to serve, to step up, to start doing something for God. Some of you aren't quite sure what that is yet, whether that's just in this church or something bigger than that, that as you finish uni, as you do something, God's challenging you to step on and step up and step into your potential in him. I know for me, when I finished my first degree, It was a challenging time. I was looking for work. I had my mother even sending me job ads back in my hometown. It was great. But God had other ideas. I could listen to what everyone was telling me about go get a job. But God stopped and said, no, I want you to dedicate the next three years to me. And I stopped and worked for a university ministry for just over three years, four years. It was the best time of my life. But I ask, it's just, if you're feeling God challenge you and just going, I don't know where to serve, talk to Alex, talk to Peter. Get with them, take them out for coffee and get with them. (laughs) And he hasn't asked me to say this bit, but you pay for the coffee. But, Challenge them, sit with them and just go, I'm feeling God ask me about this or challenge me about something and get with them and just get them to pray for you. Get their wisdom in the situation. Don't just sit back and go, because there was other times I, I did this with someone. I went, oh. I used to live on a residential college. I went, oh. I went and told one of the others that I feel God's telling us to start a Bible study on the residential college. Now there. They're far from Christian, far from being any good. But I went and told this guy thinking, you're a better Christian than I am, you should start it. 
And he looked at me and went, well, if God's talking to you about it, he wants you to do it. Do it. And so what I'm challenging you about is if God's talking to you about serving and stepping up and doing something, don't sit back. Don't wait. If he's telling you now, he's telling you now for a reason. He's got some time. He wants you to step up and step in. Whether that be serving on the door, best place to serve is starting on the front door. Whether that be in music, whether that be at your school, whether that be at university, whether that be in your workplace, or whether that be doing something else for this church or the body of Christ, full stop. I'm not here to try and talk about our volunteer stuff or our short-term teams, but what's God got for you? So in an attitude of thankfulness, I really felt God stir me this week about serve and what God's challenging some of you about serving and stepping into what he's got. So I just want to leave it there and leave that. So actions from today out of Psalm 100 is to be thankful. Look at some ways you can build into your life ways to be thankful, ways to recognise that, yes, there's a lot of negative things going on, but how can I say thank you? How can I just honour God? How can I serve God? How can I make sure that I'm putting positive thoughts into, oddly thoughts into my mind. One of the ways that my wife and I find is actually just stopping and doing some journaling. So apart from your devotion time journaling and getting into that, some times where you stop and actually recognise that. So I would like to leave that there. I just want to say thank you for, for this morning and I hope God's spoken to you in that. And can I just pray for you as I finish? Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for your heart that you've put into these people. I thank you for your love and your passion that you've put into these people to serve you, to be here, to follow you as their saviour. And Father, continue growing them in you. Continue this church to be a lighthouse for people, to be a witness for people, to see your kingdom come in this place. Father, grow in them an attitude of gratitude. Build in them over this next 12 months thankfulness and a hard attitude that says, thank you, Father, for you are the King, you are the Lord, and I will serve you. I will make a joyful noise. I know that you are my Father. And Father, grow in this people your heart, your passion, your love. In Jesus' name. Amen.